Some of you will remember back to 1986, I believe it was, a very, very sad event that still causes me pain when I see newsreels and when I see the, the replaying of this event. And some of you guys may not have even been born at that time. And what I'm referring to is the Space Shuttle Challenger. And you've probably all seen pictures of that as uh, shortly after the takeoff, uh, it exploded. And some of you may have actually seen it live. You may, you may have been seeing it happen as it, as it occurred because, you, frankly, you can see a lot and far from uh, Cape Canaveral. That is just it's incredible. You can see launches down here from there if they're a nighttime launch. You can, you can see them. Anyway, I, I've done that, and that's kind of neat to see. Maybe you did witness that. But you know what? Here, here is this incredible space shuttle that has these unbelievably technical electrical circuits and computer systems and all sorts of uh, redundancies built into it so that if something happens, there, there is a backup plan and so forth. And it is a complex machine and a machine that costs millions and millions and millions of dollars. And yet what caused this to explode was a faulty O-ring. Just the O-ring. And that destroyed this multi-million dollar technical marvel. And worse, it destroyed the lives of the crew. And we look at that and we say, that O-ring was so important. And yet it seemed like it wasn't all that much. It was just an O-ring. And I think there are times when people look at the church... And they come to this section in 1 Corinthians where the Lord addresses the issue of our spiritual gifts. And they would look at themselves and say, well, I don't know that I'm all that important. And some of you may have felt that way in relation to the church. You may think you're not all that important. Until you come to this portion of the word that we're studying today. And then you begin to understand every single person who knows Christ as Savior should be identified with a local church and is extremely important in carrying out the ministry and the work that God intended for that church to carry out. We go back to this passage in 1 Corinthians 12 and we begin to unfold these elements of the body of Christ and, and the, the development of them and the, the importance of them. And the very first thing that we see when we begin reading in verse 12, and you just look at the two verses, 12 and 13, you begin to see this universal involvement of everyone, the universality of the individuals who make up the body of Christ and their giftedness. We read this, For as the body is one and has many members... But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one Spirit were we all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. 
when we look at these two verses, here's what we grasp from them. The moment a person places his or her faith and trust in Christ as their Savior, there are, as we've talked about on a number of occasions in the past, a host of spiritual transactions that take place. Some of them are actually experienced in, in our own existence at the moment we trust Christ. Some of them, however, are imperceptible to us. We, we don't realize the spiritual issues that are going on at the moment you recognize that Christ died for your sins, He was buried, and He rose again from the dead. And you, by faith, trust in that, not in anything else, but only in what Christ did. You believe that He is God come in the flesh, that He paid the penalty for your sin. You believe that that penalty was paid in full so that all of our sins, past, present, and even future, are all bound up in the sacrifice of Christ so that when our guilt is placed upon Him at the moment we trust Christ as Savior, His righteousness is given to us so that our standing before the Father is a standing of justification. The Father declaring it is as if you have never committed a sin because you stand in the perfection of Christ. At that moment, the Spirit of God comes to indwell you. He takes up a residence. As Paul said to the Corinthians in in chapter 6, he said... Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? And He dwells within us. But something else happens. The Spirit of God places us into the body of Jesus Christ and that placement is what determines what spiritual gifts we have. Now He's going to use the the example of the human body as we saw last week. And he's going to describe it that way. But here's the the part we want to look at in these first two verses. All, everyone who trusts Christ as Savior, at the moment you trust Him, you are given at least one spiritual gift. According to 2 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, everyone has at least one gift, possibly more. I, I don't know what the Lord's Desire is for extending more than one gift, but if he chooses to do that, he can. Here is the bottom line issue. Everyone has spiritual gifts or a spiritual gift that God intended for you to use for his glory and for the benefit of the body of Christ. You do need to recognize that those spiritual gifts that he gives you are not the same as natural abilities. Unsaved people have natural abilities, but no unsaved person has spiritual gifts. There are elements of spiritual work that you can perform that can never be done by an unbeliever. There are some people who have a natural gift of teaching, but if they were, as an unbeliever, to try to teach spiritual truths the effectiveness and the impact of that teaching would be null and void because they don't have the spiritual capability to communicate spiritual truths. So it's important for us to recognize that maybe you have some natural abilities 
that can work in conjunction with the spiritual gifts that God has given you. It may be that that you have a natural ability to do a certain task and then the spiritual gift that God gives you meshes with that and the two go hand in hand and you can use them together. In some cases, they might be completely different. You may have a natural ability here, but then the Spirit of God gives you another gift or a different He gives you a spiritual gift. I don't want to put the two together. I have to be careful how I say this. He he gives you a spiritual gift that may be something completely unique and completely different. I hear people talk frequently about things that they consider to be spiritual gifts, but they're not. They're natural abilities. And I'm going to mention some to you now, and some of you may not like this, but it's the truth, so deal with it. The ability to sing is not a spiritual gift. It is a natural ability. Many people have the natural ability to sing. When you have a spiritual gift that works with that natural ability, now that singing capability that you have naturally can begin to make a spiritual impact. You know, I can't prove this, but it kind of seems this way to me. You can have unsaved people sing spiritual songs. And, you know, it's really nice and they're really talented. But a person who has Christ dwelling within them and they have a message to communicate may not sing as well, but it reaches your heart. Maybe some of you have recognized that. I, I don't know. But here's what I can tell you. There is no listing of music as a spiritual gift. It's a natural capability that God has given to some and he has withheld from others. Depending on where you sit in the congregation, you can experience both sides of that. Um, Artistic ability is a natural ability, but it is not a spiritual gift. It can be used to honor the Lord, but it is not a spiritual gift. Uh, athletic capabilities. Some people are very athletic, and, and they are uh, physically strong, and they're very coordinated and good hand-eye coordination. But that's not a spiritual gift. That's a, a natural ability that God has placed within some, and then others, they, they don't embrace that, that same gift. Here's another one that I think people sometimes think is a spiritual gift and they, they try to practice it with regularity and they try to practice it um, whenever they have the opportunity. Complaining. <laughs> Folks, let me tell you right now, complaining is not a spiritual gift. And I can't even tell you it's a natural capability. But some have developed it to a very high level of excellence. And you can probably think of some others. I'm not going to go further down that road. But let's keep in mind that these things are different. Well, what we know about the spiritual gifts that are different from the natural abilities is first that God has given one to every believer. So all believers have a spiritual gift. And those are given unconditionally. Did you notice in those verses, it says this, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Now he gives us some contrasts to tell us this. 
conditions in your personal experience do not determine where the Spirit of God places you in the body of Christ. Look at what he says. It's not going to be your heritage, whether Jews or Greeks. No, that's not it. It's not going to be your station in life, whether slaves or free. It's not even going to depend upon your natural abilities. They may be completely separate. Not even your personal desires. Not even your spiritual development. Because that really doesn't take place until following the time in which the Holy Spirit of God has placed you into the body of Christ and you have been given spiritual gifts. And so when we look at the reality of these gifts and the way God gives them to all, He sovereignly chooses as He wills where He will place each one of us in the body of Christ. But wherever He puts us, here's what He tells us at the end of verse 13, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Now what he's telling us is this. There is an, an, an enabling that comes along with the position that the Lord gives you in the body of Christ. So that what happens is this. When you exercise the spiritual gift that God has given to you, the exercise of that gift is energized by the power of the Spirit of God. So that it is no longer just our human capabilities that are emerging, but it becomes the evidence of God's working through us, through you. And so, as I look at you, here's what I know. Every one of you who knows Christ as your Savior, you are gifted to do a work that can be of eternal value, that is extremely important to the body of Christ. Every one of you. No exception. All have been baptized into the body of Christ. And you've been given a position there. Now what's interesting is, that position is individual. There is this individuality that he talks about in verses 14 down through verse 20 that begins to help us understand a little bit more clearly what this is all about. Notice what he says. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? That would be silly. I, my foot is important. I, I don't walk here on my hands, though there are some perhaps that could. But my foot is important, and it's different from my hand. And if the, the foot says, I, I, not the hand, therefore I'm not part of the body, the Lord says, no, 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 that's not true. He says, you're still part of the body. Go on. He says in verse 16, And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Then he, then he kind of gives us a, a very peculiar imagery that follows. But it really captures our attention. He says, If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? You could see very well unless the eye got cataracts. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? So somebody's got to be a nose. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he 
pleased. It's his will. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Your body is made up of a whole group of members. You have a hand. You have an arm. You have legs. You have a torso. You have a head. You have ears. You have eyes. You have a nose. You have all these different elements that make up the body. And they're all different. They do different things. But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. Look at the diversity that the Lord has placed within his body. Have you ever seen the development of an embryo? Have you ever watched how that develops? The little embryo begins to grow and it starts just with a couple cells and then those cells begin to divide and then according to this plan that God has built within the human body, there is a development that begins to identify gender. But before that, you're able to see the little feet, the little legs, and you get to see the little hands. And, and if we were to look at some of our ladies who are anticipating a child, uh, Amanda... Amanda is um, about, what, five weeks from delivering? What what did you think I was going to say? Okay, so right now, all the little parts are pretty well developed, you know? And it's going to be a big baby. And you have arms. (laughs) That's kind of... If you read her... uh, Facebook post, you'll know what I'm talking about. The arms are developed, and and you can get a a sonogram, or what is it called? Ultrasound. You get an ultrasound, and you can see all these little parts. You can even tell the gender. It's going to be a little girl. Yeah. And and, uh, Kyle is going to have a little, little baby. Wrap him around her little finger. And it's going to be a wonderful thing. And if they think they're poor now, just wait. (laughs) So, (laughs) you can move here anytime you want. (laughs) And then uh, Bethany. I think Bethany, where is Bethany? Oh, in the back row of the balcony. Is that to support your back a little bit? Because Bethany, her little baby is not quite so developed. But... You, you can see the hands, and, and I don't know how far along. Can you tell the gender yet? But you could. Okay, well, we can narrow it down. Okay? So that's uh, an element of development. And then Eve, where's Eve? Eve, you're not quite so far along as the two of them, but you're planning to have another baby, and... This will be number four. And you're looking for a name that begins with the letter J to stay in line with all the other babies. And I've made some suggestions that you have just flat out rejected, which I don't understand. So we could look there and you could see the little 
arms and the little hands and the little feet and can do that already, can't you? Okay. And then we could look at my daughter, Alyssa, who is also going to have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kids can make you angry. Kids can make you happy. Kids can make you proud. And kids can make you a grandpa. <laughs> and I am a grandpa. Because developing inside of Alyssa is a little baby. Teeny little thing. Just has little arms and hands. And they're, they're developing. And, and feet. And the body is already put together. Now it's just developing. And by the way, if some of you wonder why I say I am a grandpa, the moment that baby was conceived, I became a grandpa. So just so you're aware of that. Oh, and, and my wife. <laughs> I'm married to a grandmother. Oh, and I still feel so young. And so does she. Oh, don't, no, don't. I am way too young to be a grandfather. <laughs> For about the last 20 years, I could have been a grandfather. Anyway, I tell you all of that to say this. When God develops the human body, he places diversity into that one body. And in that body is a unity that he desires all of the little parts work together so that the body is cared for and as he causes it to develop it becomes more and more and more capable of carrying out the purpose for which it was created as are you with your spiritual gifts now as you read that portion that we just read through there's something else that begins to emerge and that is this because of those differences there is the potential for problems. And the problems can exist the way the Lord described it. Because the foot could say, well, I'm not a hand, therefore I'm not of the body. Or the ear could say, well, I'm not an eye, therefore I am not of the body. Do you understand how this could begin to affect people who are part of the body of Christ? They could look at others and say, well, you have this gift, but here's mine. Mine isn't, isn't all that important. And the Lord reminds us, every single part of the body is important. Ask NASA, how important was every part of the shuttle? It wasn't the electronics that went bad. It wasn't the computer system that went down. It was an O-ring. And it destroyed the entire mission and the people that were part of it. And when you look at the body of Christ, there are those that would say, well, my, my gifts are not nearly as important as somebody else's. When we have to come to the realization, wait a minute, nobody chooses where they fit in the body. Our responsibility is to say, I am part of the body. Now, let me do what God intended for me to do. 
and not become jealous and not become discouraged, not withdraw, but instead stand up and say, you know what the Lord says? Those things that seem to be less important, those are the important ones. And those things that seem to just stand out there. See, here's part of the problem. I'm standing here talking to you. And somebody could say something like this. Well, look, you, you get to stand in front of people every week and you get to do this. Do you know that this was not my choice? Do you all understand that? I did not choose this. Now you would say, well, then how in the world did you get there? And, and I, I really mean this seriously. When I was growing up, I had accepted Christ as my Savior when I was younger. And just like some of you, you would have to recognize this. I don't know my spiritual gift. I didn't know what mine was. To be honest with you, I didn't even know there was such a thing as spiritual gifts. I was saved, but that was about it. And when I was approaching my late teens, getting ready to go to college, my grandmother looked at me and she said, you are going to be a preacher someday. And I said, no way. No more discussion. I went to college. I chose to major in business. Went through four years, graduated, got my Bachelor of Science in Business Administration, took a job as a sales representative, and then the Lord said, Now, I've put you in my body where I want you, and you're going your way. I'm turning you around, and you're going to go my way. And I couldn't fight it. I could not fight it. And so I look and I say, yeah, I get to stand in front of you. But I want to tell you something. There is nothing any more important about this gift than the one God has given you. We just have different places. You are all vitally important and individually gifted. Well, I do want to finish this today because we've spent several weeks on it. I want you to look at the third element. We'll go through this very quickly. Before we look at the third, just let me remind you this. It is God who chose where you fit. Notice verse 18, last four words. Just as he pleased. He's gifted you for his purpose. By the way, if you don't carry out your purpose, do you know what we have to do to the church? We have to get a little blue sign that has the picture of a wheelchair and a stick figure in it, and it says, handicapped. Handicapped. Unless you're doing your part. Because we need every part of the body. Third element, the interdependence of the giftedness. When you look at verses 21 down through verse 26, what you find is this. There is a driving force that is behind the use of our spiritual gifts. And it's not even mentioned specifically in this part. But I want to read to you what that driving force is from John chapter 15, verse 12. 
No longer do I call you servants. Oh, pardon me. I'm backing up. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Listen to this. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. What's the driving force behind the use of our spiritual gifts? It's love for one another. If I do not use my spiritual gift, you are shortchanged. If you do not use your spiritual gift, I am shortchanged, and so is everyone else around you. And so when we look at this, we find that that force is love for one another. The love that Christ commanded us to have so that we are building into each other's lives the things that he desires spiritually to have developed. And then, because of that, it prohibits any pride. Nobody can look at themselves and say, oh, look at the gift I was given. Wait a minute. That doesn't go together. It was a gift. It was freely given. You didn't deserve it. You didn't plead with God to give it to you. He said, I'll choose where I want you to be. And if I put you in a place that makes you consider for a moment that you can be proud about what God gave you, I have a way of humbling you. I can take care of that. We're not allowed to to be proud. We have to recognize the truth. If I can serve effectively, it's because God has enabled me to do it. And I do it because I love you and I want you to get the full benefit of the gift that God has given me. And the whole goal is the enrichment of the body. Now, I I want you to look at something down here because I, I didn't hear anybody snicker on this. But when I read verse 25, there is a word there that is a troubling word. It's called schism. S-C-H-I-S-M. How many of you think I'm mispronouncing that? Schism. Nobody? One of you? How would you pronounce it? Yeah. Chism? Wasn't that John Wayne? I'm just kidding. I actually looked this up because I wasn't exactly sure how it should be pronounced and I found that it can be schism or schism. You can pronounce it either way. Um, I would just read this a little differently then and say that there should be no division (laughs) in the body. And what the Lord is telling us is this. Nobody should have any alienation of feelings toward anyone else. And everybody should realize what it says at the end of that verse. The same care for one another. What's the parallel? He says, look, you take care of yourself, don't you? Does your hand take care of you? Your hand washes your body, all right? Or your hand defends you. Someone is coming at you and your hand defends. Or your hand works. And and." You use that part of the body for the whole body. And if the one coming at you is more than you can withhold from your hand, all of a sudden another part of your body gets involved. Your legs. And you begin to run. 
and, and you get away. <laughs> it's like the, those guys that were out in the, the woods and, and a bear came upon them and the bear is beginning to get ready to charge and the one guy is ready to run but the other guy sits down and he reaches into his pack and he pulls out his sneakers and he puts his sneakers on and the guy says, you think you're going to outrun that bear? And the guy says to the other one, no, I just have to outrun you. It's right here in my note. No, it's not in the notes. Uh, anyway, having said that, the whole body cares for itself. You all got that point. I don't have to develop that any further, right? Final point, the insightfulness of the giftedness. Verse 27, you are part of Christ's body. Verse 28, you are gifted spiritually for service. Verse 29, you are called to render service by using your spiritual gifts. Verses 29 and 30, not everyone has the same gift. Do you notice the, uh, the questions in verse 29? Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, and it goes on and on. The answer that is to be supplied to every one of those is this. No, not everybody's an apostle. No, not everybody's a prophet. No, not everybody's a teacher. And the, and the list goes on and on. We have different parts of the body, and we all are to be actively involved in carrying out those parts. Then you come to verse 30. And it seems to be a bit of a curveball. Pardon me, verse 31 but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Why would he say desire the best gifts? I thought you said we already have our spiritual gifts at the moment we're saved. Yes, we do, but the church doesn't. The church doesn't. That's why it's important. If God leads you to be part of a local church, and every one of you should be part of a local church, and I'm not saying it has to be here, but if this is where God wants you, we desire to have you because we need your spiritual gift if he's bringing you here. And we need to use it for the glory of his name and for the benefit of the body. Let's stand. Our Father, you saw fit to give an extended explanation of the importance of spiritual gifts in the body. I pray, Lord, that every person here would not only understand this, but that everyone would put into practice and would use to the fullest extent the spiritual gifts that you've given to them. Father, there are so many ministries that need more people to become involved. And Lord, we know that you have given us the people we need, but we need them to step forward and serve. And then Lord, the, the amazing thing about this is you give us these gifts and then when we use them effectively for your glory, the day comes when you say, well done. And you give us rewards. Father, this is all by your grace, for which we thank you. Amen.